You're listening to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, and I'm your host, Talks Arutari. This is episode 79. Welcome to the Leaving Inside Out podcast, where we believe the mind is the engine room of your life. Episode 79 is Get Unstuck. How to expose the beliefs that are holding you back. It is wonderful to be back. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, middle of the night. (laughs) Whatever time you're listening, I greet you. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. And if it is your first time listening, welcome. I am certain that you'd like it here. And how come I'm certain? Well, because you're here. (laughs) Well, this podcast, we talk about entrepreneurship, faith and mindset. And I'm pretty sure that you are passionate about one or all three of those, or you have at least some interest or you want to take an interest in any of those areas. So please subscribe and share and leave me a comment once you're done listening The reason I ask for comments and sharing and subscribing and all of that stuff is not for my ego. (laughs) It's really because the listenership grows when you comment or you recommend it to someone else to listen. It really does grow and I do want it to grow. I want to have more people joining in and listening and we can have more healthy conversations about being ourselves, embracing our uniqueness and unearthing limiting beliefs, which is what this particular episode is about. And if you're back again, and again can mean your 79th or your second time or your 40th time, thank you. I'm grateful. Your listening means a lot. Your thoughts and your comments help to shape the content as well. So you can please email me at pa at or head to my website where you can click on a cute little record button and leave me a voicemail. You know, I have a supplier who uses voicemail, not the kind of voicemail like this is BT Callminder or whatever it is that we have on our mobile phones. Welcome to T-Mobile. Is T-Mobile? We don't have T-Mobile in the UK anymore. They're now EE. Welcome to EE. This is Stokes or whatever. But I believe that this guy has a real voice message recorder on his landline. You know, the type that you had to rewind and erase when you were done. I don't have any evidence of this, but I seriously suspect it. Maybe wrong, but it just sounds like it. (laughs) I haven't had a landline at home for hmm, probably about three years now, maybe even longer. So we do have a landline, actually. That's not true. We have one, but we don't have a phone because my rabbits beat through the cable and I couldn't be bothered to replace it because there are six humans in this house. Therefore, we have at least six mobile phones at any one time in this house. (laughs) How about you? Do you still have a landline? Do you have one at home? Do you use it at work? I think we should carry out a survey which might just help BT. Then again, maybe not, because they'll just put their prices up. (laughs) So really, how have you been? 
My week started off rather rough. I woke up feeling a level of heaviness on Monday. So this is really, it's the start of the week and I woke up feeling heavy because I believed that it was going to be a tough week for me. And even as I'm saying this, I'm questioning myself, what exactly do I think or did I think the week had in store for me? Because it sounds as though my expectations were brought down to align with my mood. And that is one of many limiting thoughts and habits that hold us back. And so today I want to talk about getting unstuck, which is also the name of my mindset mentoring program. I started the Get Unstuck program because there was a need for a practical way to help people remove limiting beliefs. I love recording the podcast. I love hearing the feedback and the comments and the work that you are doing on your own mind because of something that was mentioned on the podcast. However, I know that there is a need to get into a one-to-one space, if you like, or at least a small group because of the sort of questions I've been getting and they tend to be along the same line. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to put together a course that addresses what I believe are the solutions to the top questions or the top problems that people speak to me about. What exactly is a limiting belief or a limiting mindset? I'll give you a bit of a background or an explanation. Your mind is a processor for information that has been received. And that information can either flow from your spirit, which is one with God, or from your senses, which is one with the world. It goes without saying that since the spirit realm is the superior one, then the information from your spirit is also superior to the one that your flesh or your body or your senses absorb. But then we are sensual beings, you see, and we live by our senses. We draw conclusions on what we see or hear. We respond to touch and taste. And we are even inspired to act by what our senses perceive. And that's how God created us. And it is required for as long as we're alive and breathing in this world. We need our senses. We need to interact with each other. We need to interact and navigate with the world. But you see, there is a third source of information. And this is found, if you like, on the floor of your mind. It is made up of layers and layers of stuff gathered over the years. And we're talking cultural traditions, societal norms, familial beliefs, and even your own experiences. The reason, as kids, we learn not to touch a hot stove is because The experience of either being burned or being yelled at by our parent for touching it or almost touching it sits on the floor of our mind. By the time it happens once, maybe even twice maximum, it becomes a belief that hot things burn us or at least the hot stove burns us. And so when we hear things repeatedly or we experience things repeatedly, it calcifies and then becomes a mindset. It's the same thing that happens when you meditate on a piece of information. And it doesn't matter whether that info is true or false. 
Your mind functions by deduction. It doesn't know the truth. It only knows what you've told it to be true or false. And it works by opinions and viewpoints. And all of that is shaped in part by your personality, but more likely by your environment and how you grew up. And so your thoughts can come either from your spirit or your thoughts can come from the world or your thoughts can come from existing beliefs or mindsets. And you can either have positive or negative ones. But then when the mindsets begin to limit you or they work against you, that's when it becomes a problem and that's when you've got to extract it or unearth it and deal with it. But because they are comfortable and we are used to having them and it really is our viewpoint, not so much the viewpoint, it's our window into the world, we don't actually see anything wrong with it. And it's not so obvious that they might be limiting us. Many mindsets are harmless to look at and to talk about, but in some scenarios, they'll be destructive. For example, someone believes in being in control. She likes everything to go exactly as planned, but then she believes that if she doesn't do things exactly as planned, then she's a failure. And while that mindset and that beliefs keeps her organized and dependable and on top of things, it is probably also stopping her from spreading her wings and trying new things and attempting to soar. So you see, a mindset can be harmless in itself and can even be looked upon as positive. But then if it's holding you back and if it's stopping you from flying, then you can define it as destructive. I thought today I will pull out two or three modules from the program to get the wheels turning in your head as you begin to dig deep and unearth and expose and question some of the beliefs that may be keeping you from progressing beyond where you are standing today. Module one, the very first one is introspection. And introspection is the beginning of your rebirth because it is only when you look inside yourself that you can recognize just how unique you are and your uniqueness is your superpower. Floriano Martins, who is a visual artist and essayist said, the deeper I go into myself, the more I realize that I am my own enemy. And I think that that's a liberating statement because it means that we're not dealing with a faceless enemy that we have no power over. It means that we're not at a loss after all. It means that we're not under the influence of external forces that have gripped us and stopped us from progressing. There are external forces that affect us. Yes, we have an adversary that wages war against us. Yes, but we also have authority over him. But do you know where the real battle is being fought? It's in your mind. And that's why we can look at somebody who looks all together. Everything seems to be going well on the outside, visually, just career-wise. And it all seems so well and seems so perfect. But then inside of them, 
the story is completely different. Maybe that's even you. Maybe on the surface, everyone talks about how fabulous you are and how on top of things you are and how your life is going beautifully well. And therefore, publicly, you're this great successful person, but privately, you are battling with insecurities or some sort of pain or restrictions from growth. The world calls uniqueness idiosyncrasies, or they might call it an oddity or weirdo. And who really wants to stick out? It all starts at school, you know. <laughs> If you think back to being in school and how we really wanted to blend in with others, not everybody, but it felt uncomfortable to be different. As a matter of fact, it didn't start out that way. I remember when my oldest son was younger. How old was he? He wasn't even that young. He was about nine or so. And he just got obsessed with these key rings. I don't know if they were key rings. And I don't even remember where they came from. They may have been a McDonald's Happy Meal or maybe we were picking them up from the shops. But it was a whole range of chickens and ducks and these birds. And he would hook them on his trousers and he was just collecting them and hooking them. And I've got to be honest with you, it did look in Nigeria, we said, we would call it one kind. But now when I look back, I realize that he was just expressing himself. And there was nothing wrong with it. But even me, I wish I was, it, this was happening now, having had my growth and learned so much, my response would probably have been different. Because we'll be going somewhere like to the shop, I'm like, you know, son, you can't go like that. And in reality, the kid was just expressing himself creatively. And so we get laughed at for being different, for wearing a different type of shoe or, or uniform from other people. And it would appear that the education system was designed, at least in part, to have everyone think the same way and believe the same things, and then we end up being clones of each other. Because think about it, uniforms, rows and rows of chairs and tables, all in a straight line, all getting up at exactly the same time to go to lunch and sitting at tables and eating lunch and being regulated by bells. I'm not against education and I'm not against order, but I've really just been thinking about this. Everyone learns differently, but the teachers only teach one way. And then you're forced to conform. If your thoughts and your learning style is different from the rest of the class, then you are labelled as dumb or dyslexic. And then we run with it as though it's our truth. And when you become older, you start to see, you know, I'll use women, for example, because we're the ones who are into the whole shopping thing. You know, people are competing to have this particular bag. And half of these bags are so ugly anyway, but then people are desperate because they have the label of the a particular designer on it and then all of a sudden we all want that particular bag or that design because it's the latest trend and it just seems like we are in some sort of factory where our thoughts and our our um 
identity and our uniqueness has been stripped away. And of course, the root of all evil is money. It's the love of money, isn't it? Not money. It's the love of money. So the world system encourages uniformity and alignment of thoughts. And then we grow up to spend our adult life searching for ourselves. Do you want to find yourself? Look inside you. You've been there all along, covered in layers of stuff, maybe, but you are there. So here are some practical ways to unearth the layers. Number one, create a time and space for you. No television, no little or large human beings, <laughs> no phone, unless you're using it to journal or read or research and give that time to yourself. What that does is that it lifts you up in your own eyes and it tells you that you are worthy of that time because we give our time to everything else, don't we? We give our time to work, we give our time to our businesses, we give our time to our families, we give our time away to everyone except to us. And there's been times where I've sat with myself just to be, you know, and then I feel like I'm wasting time. Why would I consider spending such a precious commodity on myself as wastage, but then I want to give the same thing to someone else? Time is the most precious commodity because it is limited. It's fixed for all of us. We don't know how long we're here on earth for, but none of us is going to be here forever. And it's also fixed in a 24-hour cycle. There's only so much you can do. But then if you cannot give yourself an empty block of time, the most valuable thing, then you cannot even consider yourself worthy of growing beyond where you stand. My second tip is journaling. <laughs> I should call that my 100th tip because I have mentioned it a hundred times, I'm sure, on here. If you're new to journaling or you don't even know where to start, then use prompts. A prompt is a question or a statement or a suggestion that gets you thinking. For example, what is one thing that was dominant in your thought throughout the week? That's a really good one. Or another one is what thoughts did I have just before I felt certain emotions? We do this exercise on the program as well where we talk about thoughts and emotions and actions and results and environment and how it's all connected and how it creates the life that you have today. And so your thoughts in a nutshell, your thoughts are, we've already talked about that, they come from one of three places, but then your thoughts spark off your emotions and your emotions drive your actions and your actions create results. And your results create your environment, which is the space in which your thoughts are birthed from. And so one thing that we do is to be more aware of the thoughts that you're thinking throughout the day. And since we have 120,000 thoughts a day, it is impossible to watch every single thought. Okay, because so many of them are going to fly by. You're not going to notice it, which is actually a good thing in most cases, because there's so many thoughts we have that are distracting or, or destructive, 
or simply a repetition of something else that happened earlier in the day. However, you can monitor the thoughts that are having an effect on you by watching your emotions. When you have a conversation with someone and they irritate you or you're in a scenario that made you anxious, stop and look back to see what thought you had just before the emotion showed up. And then that helps to show you your thought patterns. And when you step back to do this, especially when you're being introspective, you may find that you're having associated thoughts to situations that are not necessarily responsible for the way that you're feeling. My third tip is to ask five of your nearest and dearest to tell you what they think your strengths are. Not your weaknesses, because we have enough, thank you very much, but our strengths. Just ask what they think you're really good at. What five words come to mind when they think about you? Because too often we are so hard on ourselves that we don't recognize our gifts, we don't recognize our strengths, we dismiss it, we explain it away. And when people start to talk to you about who you are in a positive light, it's an introduction to who you really are. I had my birthday a few weeks ago and my friends organized a surprise birthday dinner for me. And my friends, a few of them gave some speeches and we're talking friends I've known for like what, 30 plus years. And they're giving me these, talking to me and, and I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure that, that I said that? That, you know, things I said when I was a teenager that I don't even remember and I don't recall. And I wish there had been some sort of giant video recorder that recorded my entire life so that I could watch and see how I functioned and how I thought while I was younger because it was really insightful. I found as well while I was being introspective, it was actually the morning of my birthday, that I don't take on the positive words and affirmations of others towards me. I don't dismiss them either. Well, I'm going to be honest, I do dismiss them as them being nice. I never take them on. And that morning, on the morning of my birthday, I was praying and just in God's presence. And he said to me, do you know that when people bless you with words, I'm the one blessing you because I've put the words in their mouth because they are my oracles. Did you know that? And so whenever I read a card that it might sound generic, it may have been purchased at the petrol station. It doesn't matter. It contains good words. Receive it. So speaking to me and I'm speaking to you as well, we've got to receive the blessings. They're not just words. And so ask your friends to tell you what they think your strengths are. I'm going to do one more module and that is lies we believe. This is module five and it is one of my favorites as it's very eye-opening when we realize the unfounded, seemingly harmless lies that we so easily believe. And this one is a tough one because you're forced to confront what you've always lived with and you're very comfortable with. It's like discovering one day that although you've been married for 10 years, you just found out that your spouse's name, date of birth, everything you knew about them was a lie. But then you're in love and you've built your life around them and your future is entwined with theirs. 
and you have to say goodbye because whatever they turned out to be makes it impossible for you to remain with them. Well, that's what this module feels like. In the previous cohort, we only looked at six lies. In the new one, we're looking at nine lies. So for each lie, we start with the lie itself and then the damage that it's been doing to us, the origin or the source of it, and then the truth that turns it on its head. We then have discussions during each one so that we get to have a 360 degree view on each one. So here's one of the lies. Just because you've been through a rough season, it has made up for any future problems. Now, this was a lie that I identified in myself because I had somehow got it into my head that once things start to improve, it will continue on that trajectory. I believed that my past challenges was payment for any future problems. And since I've been through this part, I won't need to go through any significant troubles again. A lot of times you hear it being repeated when people say, oh, if you can just get past the first whatever, they say, get past the first one or two years of marriage, that's the hardest and then it's fine. And then you get married and you discover in year 17 that you can't stick with it any longer. Okay. Or they may say, if you can just get past your business in year five, you'll be fine. Because they say that a massive, I can't remember the percentage of businesses fail in the first five years. So we get it into our heads that we just need to get to year five and everything's going to be okay. Wrong. <laughs> Nothing pays for your trouble. Your troubles and problems and challenges, as we've been listening to in the previous three episodes, is actually there to stretch you and to grow you. And you are able to function and operate through the challenge. You see, one of the damages that this lie does is that it causes you to put your activities on hold while you wait for the problem to be solved. Whereas you've just got to go through it if you're going to solve the problem. Another lie that we believe is that just because you've experienced a rough patch, the next one will follow a similar pattern. Now, again, there are things that we do and there are situations that begin to look like patterns in our lives. And much of that is down to our expectation, because whatever it is you expect you're going to respond in the same way every single time. But the truth is, every circumstance should be looked at as separate and unrelated if you're going to conquer it. There are people who string every negative thing that happens like a, a bunting and literally just wrap it around their neck, <laughs> you know, or they fly it like a flag. Oh, first it was this happened, you know, I, I really struggled to get my job. Then I got made redundant and then I got another job and it was great, but everybody hated me and I had to leave. And then I got married and I found out that my husband was uh, messing around on me. And then I, I got divorced. And then after that, my mother fell sick and then my father fell sick. And people tend to have an expectation of trouble. A lot of times it's because they are choosing to see circumstances in their lives as just 
you know one big continuous thing that is or one links to the other and a lot of times it's not necessarily the case and so we're out of time but i will continue next week i did take a break away from talking about going through trials and going through difficulties because i didn't want it to become monotonous and i didn't want you to sort of stay in a state of considering and thinking about and meditating on the negative that was not my intention but i felt like those episodes were necessary and future ones are necessary so i am going to see you again and go, we're going to have this conversation again but look out over the next few weeks for my new guests i've got some new guests on the podcast and super super excited about that I am so thankful to you again for sharing and for telling people. I get strangers telling me, my friend told me about the podcast and it literally makes my heart melt. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you very much. If you want to find out more about the Mindset Mentoring Program, head to my website, talksarotory.com or look in the show notes and the link to that and everything else I have mentioned is all in the show notes. Remember to leave from the inside out and I'll talk to you soon.